All right, let's take our Bibles this morning, please. Turn back to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. Brother, I didn't necessarily plan to spend three messages in Romans chapter 12, but it seems like the Lord has had us uh, to do that, and, and that's just fine. By the way, I want to apologize uh, for, uh, there's a little bit of a paint smell, some fumes. Uh, we've done our best to air out the building uh, since yesterday, but um, uh, it is the smell of progress. Amen. It is the smell of progress. Lord, thank you for all of the, the hard work that is happening in, in this building. Uh, thank you. Ask you to keep Andrew in prayers. He's working downstairs this week, please. Um, expect to get a, a lot done this week and just keep him in prayer, if you would, as you've prayed for Vitaly. Uh, keep him in prayer this week, please. R Romans chapter 12. Um, Recall uh, there in verses 1 and, and verses 2, we've, we've seen this very tall order, right, Brother Ray? This very serious command that, that we be a people uh, who give ourselves to the Lord. Ye present yourselves as a living sacrifice, a holy, acceptable, well-pleasing unto the Lord. This is our reasonable service. This is, this is what makes sense. Not, nothing else makes sense, the Lord says. Uh, and, and that's true. We, we understand that. We're called to give ourselves back to a Savior who gave himself for us upon that cross completely. Brother Art, he gave himself completely for us. He's asked us to give ourselves back to him just as completely. That's not unreasonable. It's not unreasonable. Lord, help us to get a hold of that. Lord has called us to give ourselves for his service, for, for service to him. And uh, we understand uh, that local church uh, is, is God's plan for this time. And the New Testament is, uh, it's, it's, yes, Christ is at the center of it, and it's, it's all about him. But it's really about him working through local churches like this one uh, to accomplish his purposes, the, the Great Commission and, and, and everything that uh, is associated with it. We understand. Uh, we praise God. He's, he's given us this church uh, to learn and to grow and to serve together. On Sunday night, uh, we looked at verses 6, 7, and 8, uh, where the Lord, through Paul, reveals these uh, seven spiritual gifts uh, seven spiritual gifts. Heard someone teach this week that he believes they're, they're given when you're born and activated when you're saved. That's an interesting thought. I'm not sure that I've ever quite viewed it that way before, but certainly uh, as saved people, we understand we have a spiritual gift uh, that Lord has called us uh, to use in really a variety of different ways that we might use it within our church, uh, yielding to the Lord to use the spiritual gift that he has gave us uh, to use within the ministries uh, of our church, giving ourselves to him that way uh, as he gave himself to us to minister uh, salvation to us. Look there in verse 6 quickly. Uh, we'll, we'll not, I'll, I'll not re-preach the service from Sunday night, but look there in verse 6. There's the, uh, the gift of prophecy, not in an Old Testament uh, foretelling of the future sense, but in a uh, truth-giving sense. Uh, uh, so preaching, uh, there in verse 7, ministry, ministry, uh, and then teaching, uh, verse 8, uh, exhorting, uh, um, and then giving. Some have a spiritual gift of giving, 
Uh, there in verse 8, we also see the gift of, of ruling or administration, those who are especially gifted to organize uh, and to administrate. Uh, and then at the end of verse 8, uh, mercy, uh, showing mercy. So uh, it, it's clear uh, in, in this passage, the, the Lord intends us to give ourselves to him, uh, and, and that involves taking up the gift that he has given us, this special spiritual enablement that he's given us uh, to, to serve him as we give ourselves to him in the place where he has placed us, the church into which uh, he has placed us. We understand that. We, we understand that. And Brother Ray, when, when everybody's in place all, and all the gifts are in place, a church can be very healthy and very effective to the Lord. But, you know, these, these things are key. These are, these, um, these are basic building blocks of a church, the spiritual gifts being exercised by people in and through the ministries of a church, uh, present, uh, present in the church and uh, serving uh, in and through the ministries um, of the church. Now, uh, in the balance of this chapter, look with me uh, at verse 9, please. Uh, in the balance uh, of this chapter, uh, Paul says, listen, there's something that you need to understand. Uh, he's calling us uh, into an assembly of other human beings. Look, look around. You're all human beings, right? Uh, amen? Uh, okay. Somebody said, I don't know if I say amen or not. Uh, he's called us into uh, uh, to, to form assemblies of, of fellow human beings where we exercise these gifts together, like the organs of a body, dependent on each other to accomplish God's greater good, uh, his purposes. We, we understand that, but uh, we, we, we look around and we say, sure, sure enough, uh, God's plan is that we sort of come out from our homes, come out from the world, uh, come together uh, socially, uh, physically, in an assembly to accomplish this purpose. Have you noticed, church, that getting along uh, sometimes with others, even other Christians, can sometimes be a little bit of a challenge. I'm looking around, but you're, you're going like this. And, you know, if, if you shake your head yes, you're not, you're not just saying, oh, yeah, that person over there is hard to get along with sometimes. Uh, if we're honest, we understand that we are hard to get along with sometimes. Brother Art's smiling. I don't know if I ever had any trouble getting along with you, sir, but, but we understand. Sometimes it's the other guy, but a lot of times it's us. And understand this morning, I'm, I'm, I'm not preaching this message because I think that we're, we're all messed up and you know, just not doing well together. Uh, we're preaching this message because this is where we are in the book. But understand, this passage about love is, is here in Romans in this place, in this context, because the Lord understands that as he has called us to assemble together and to exercise these gifts together, if we don't do that with a godly love toward one another, a brotherly love toward one another, it really doesn't work. Amen? We get messed up with each other, Brother Art, and, and the train starts coming off the rails, right? 
uh, if, if we can't get along and, and I mean express love to each other, you know, me to you and, and, and you to me, if, if we're unable or unwilling to do that, we cannot be the body, the local church assembly, uh, functioning the way God has designed. We just can't do it. And if we can't do that, we're not accomplishing the things that God has called us to accomplish. Is that a big deal? Is that a big deal? Well, it sure is, because we are God's people, and this assembly, this organization, and the, the gifts all coming together like organs in a body to function together, this is God's plan. This is his plan for this time. So it's a big deal. Uh, it's a privilege to have been added by the Lord to a, a church like this one. Uh, it comes with certain duties. We, we understand that, but it's, it's a privilege. Uh, it's a blessing, but sometimes it's hard. Amen? Sometimes hard for a whole bunch of reasons. And sometimes it's, it's just because we're not taking care to do everything that goes into choosing to exercise a godly love one to another. Um, let me share a quote with you. One man says, love is the circulatory system of the body. He says, love is the thing that is like the blood uh, of a body. He says, it's, it's like the blood of a church. Don't be offended. We, we're, not, we're not putting down the blood of Christ, right? It's just, it's just an illustration. He says, love is, love is like, it, it's, it's like the lifeblood of a church. Love is the circulatory system which enables all the members to function in a healthy, harmonious way. Does that sound right? Does that sound right? That sounds right to me. Uh, with, without the circulatory system in, in my body, my body's not going to do very well. So I'm going to get what it needs. And so it's going to start to fall apart, be unhealthy, and then die. Brother Ray, I dare say that many churches have died because the members were not taking care to exercise their gifts in their ministries with love. I dare say that that is the case. Um, do church people get messed up sometimes? And sometimes churches split because of that. And sometimes churches die because of that. That's not okay. Lord, help us. Lord, help us take this very seriously. Um, is it possible, church, is it possible for us to demonstrate love to each other the way the Lord intends? Is it possible? It is possible. Um, we'll share a couple verses with you. Just listen, please. Make a couple notes. 1 John 3 and verse 14. 1 John 3 and verse 14. Uh, John is writing uh, in 1 John about a number of things, including evidences that, that someone is saved. What are some proofs that someone is saved? Uh, if, if you examine their life, are, is there evidence, is there proof that they've actually been saved? One of the things that he points to in chapter 2, chapter 3, a number of times, a number of ways, uh, is love. He said, hey, if you're saved... There's going to be visible demonstrations of love, uh, observable love being exercised uh, in your life. He says in 1 John 3, 14, we know that we have passed from death unto life, from spiritual death to spiritual life. We know that we've been born again because we love the brethren. He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. That's pretty serious. He says if there's no love, you 
you're probably not spiritually alive. And if you've not been spiritually reborn, you're still spiritually dead. You're, you're, you're lost. If there's no love, if you just can't demonstrate love to your brother and sister in Christ, you need to take a half step back and pray, Lord, have I been really saved, truly saved or not? If I genuinely repented of my sin and placed my faith in Christ and, and Christ alone for forgiveness of sin, if, if I haven't, Lord, Lord, show me that. I'm concerned because I just can't, I just can't find the love that you've called me uh, to exercise. First John 4, 7, and 8, uh, John writes, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of, do you know the next word? It's of God. And everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. How is it that a saved person can demonstrate love to someone who is not being particularly lovable? Have you ever been not particularly lovable? Being careful about who I look at. Brother Ed, I don't know why I looked at you. He's particularly lovable. Have you ever been not particularly lovable? Are we called to love people if they're being lovable? Are we called to love people who only demonstrate love? No. It's a gracious love we're called to, right? It's the same love that the Father, God the Father has extended to us in sending his only begotten son to die for us sinners, right? It's gracious. It's, it's, it can't earn it, can't deserve it, never could, ne ne never can. It's gracious. It's a choice that we make in obedience to the Lord because he's called us to. It's not because the other person deserves it. This kind of love, it's an evidence of salvation, but it's of or from the Lord. And we understand that in our church, right? Galatians 5.22 is where we see the what? Not, not the spiritual gifts, but the what? The fruit. Uh, that which the Holy Spirit brings forth, right? Like a tree brings forth fruit. Uh, when it's a genuine apple tree uh, planted in good ground, it'll bring forth genuine apples. Someone who's been genuinely saved genuinely has the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit brings forth genuine fruit, which includes the very first fruit on that list is what? It's love. It's not of me. It's of God. Holy Spirit is God, right? Just like the Father and the Son. God. The fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace and long-suffering and gentleness and goodness and faith and meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And so, Brother Gary, I can yield to the Holy Spirit and say, Lord, I'll just yield myself to you. I don't know how to love people apart from you, God. Uh, God, I've noticed people are not particularly lovable. They don't always love me the way I should. But, Lord, I know I don't, I've not always loved you the way I should, and yet you love me anyway. Lord, I know I have you in me. I know that it's part of the ministry of the Holy Spirit who indwells me as I yield to him to bring forth a godly love in my life that is absolutely supernatural and not of me but of God. 
And so we're without excuse. Brother Art, it's not of us. I don't have to drum it up in myself. It's of God who indwells me. And as I yield to him, he makes it possible. Um, here in the balance of the chapter, um, listen, I understand that verse 9 is setting up the, the theme for the balance of the chapter. You take great care, church, to not try to assemble together and to exercise these gifts together without, exer- without mixing into the uh, assembly a whole bunch of love, a big dose of love that is possible only when each of us is yielded to the Holy Spirit and asking him to bring forth that fruit of love in our lives uh, so that we can demonstrate it to each other even when the other one doesn't deserve it. Brother Art, if everyone's doing that, we can be fine. Uh, we could be fine. We we can we can assemble together and 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 we can work together. We cooperate together like the one body with love flowing through it and accomplishing uh, that which God has intended. Um, that's what the Lord seems to be saying through Paul in the balance of this chapter. Um, he gives us a whole bunch of characteristics of, of this love. What what is this love like? Uh, and, and that points to um, a variety of things that, that I'd like us to see this morning. If we don't get through it all this morning, that, that's fine. We'll, we'll just continue on, not, not tonight, but next time. Uh, make some notes, please, if, if you would, please. Make some, I promise I won't keep you here all day. Make some notes, please. Number one, uh, spiritual gifts. are to, God desires that we exercise our, our spiritual gifts as fellow church members with the love that's sincere. Uh, with with a love that's sincere, not not a hypocritical love. Uh, see, see, get that down, please. Uh, spiritual gifts are are to be exercised by God's people in a church like this, fellow church members, exercising love that that is sincere. Uh, look at verse nine again. Let love be without, and this is a hard word, dissimulation. Uh, it has the idea of of hypocrisy. Uh, he, he's saying, don't, 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 don't exercise a, a, a false, uh, insincere uh, love. Don't, don't be someone who talks about love and who expects love from everybody else but doesn't uh, show love. Remember, love always involves doing. Don't, don't expect others to do love to you. Um, uh, when, when you're not doing love to them. Now, they have obligation to the Lord to do that, uh, but, but, but don't preach and teach. Everybody's got to love. Everybody's got to, and, and then not love yourself. Lord, give us hearts to love without dissimulation, without hypocrisy. Give us hearts to love each other sincerely, that it, that it be real, uh, not fake, not phony. By the way, when, when someone, the, the love that someone uh, has for you is, is not sincere, when it's fake or phony or counterfeit, can you see that? You can see that, right? When, when it's a counterfeit of the real deal, when it's not, you, you can see that. Brother Ray, I think that love that, that we show sometimes it's, it's the love that we try to show apart from the Lord. It's, I think sometimes it, it's just our best effort. It's the best thing that we can drum up or concoct in ourselves uh, and, and then try to show someone. It's not the love of God. The love of God is, is the real deal. It's sincere. It's perfect. 
That's the fruit that the Holy Spirit brings forth in our life as we yield to him. Uh, Gary, I can't yield to the Lord. So what do you do? You pray, Lord, help me yield to you. Lord, I'm trying to yield to you. I just, I just, my own thing is what I want. Pray, Lord, help me. Put off my agenda. Take up your agenda to yield to you. And Lord, as I do, would you please bring forth these fruit in my life? He does. The Bible says he does. The, the fruit of the Spirit, number one on the list, is godly love. It's not of me. It's of the Lord working in me and through me. Uh, there's an aside here in verse 9. Think, there's, we're called to love each other, but there are some things we're called to hate or, uh, or abhor or utterly detest also. Abhor that which is evil. Uh, love one another with godly love that is of him and from him. You want to hate some things, hate sin, hate that which is evil. Uh, yeah, it's, it's not too hard to hate things, uh, but focus your hate on evil, on sin. Don't hate the sinner, hate the sin. I know that's a cliche, but it's a, it's a good one. Uh, it's, it's a useful cliche. Don't hate the sinner, love the sinner, but hate the sin. Abhor that which is evil. Sometimes we struggle so much with sin because we've not learned to hate the sin. Uh, Lord, help us to hate sin the way you hate sin. Lord, help us to love each other the way you love us. Uh, abhor that which is evil and cleave or join or keep company with uh, to that which is good. Lord, help us. Uh, Lord, help us. Number one, spiritual gifts to be exercised with a love that's sincere. It's a sincere, genuine, not counterfeit love from the Lord that he calls us to exercise uh, one to another. Number two, uh, this uh, love that we're called to exercise toward each other as we assemble together and exercise our spiritual gifts as the, the one body assembly the Lord has called us to. Uh, this love is, is to be uh, an affectionate love. It's, it, it's to be affectionate. Look, look at verse 10. The uh, Bible says here, be kindly what? Be kindly what? Is there affection? Be kindly affection. The underlying word is used one time in scripture and it's right here. This is a special thing. The Lord brought in a special word. Uh, it's only used here. It's used nowhere else. Uh, you know, I, I keep an eye out for those things and, and I just, I, I marvel at them. I, uh, I believe the Lord has, has chosen special words that he used only once or only twice is to kind of highlight certain things. Brother, Brother Ray, this this needs to be highlighted. We're, we're called to exercise a love. It's an affectionate one. To be kindly affectioned one to another with what? Brotherly love. Uh, it's one of the types of love that we see in Scripture. It's that Philadelphia, the underlying word, uh, and a city. It's the city of brotherly love because that's the literal meaning. You know that already uh, of the word. We are called to be kindly affectioned, uh, exercising a brotherly love uh, one to another. You know, I think this simply has the idea of, of a love that, that's, that's not cold. Uh, one man says it signifies not only love, but a readiness and an inclination uh, to love. So someone, uh, so someone who is just looking for opportunities 
to demonstrate love to people, not waiting for people to earn uh, my love or to earn some expression of love, but looking for opportunities to demonstrate love uh, one to another. One commentator says it properly denotes the love of parents to their children. Uh, parents love their children no matter what. Amen? You love your children no matter what. Do they always deserve it? Well, Zach, did you say no? You did, didn't you? We're not always lovable. We don't always deserve to be loved. That's true, but parents love their children. This is the kind of thing that's in view here. Uh, Lord, help us. Uh, Lord, help us to be kindly affection, to be looking for opportunities uh, to love and to love sincerely, not waiting uh, not waiting. Lord, give us that kind of a heart. Uh, I've, I'm, I'm called to exercise love. Give me a heart to, to, to look for the opportunities to do that. Uh, and that there, there be some, some oomph behind it, Brother Ray, some, some, some affection in that. You know I'm not pointing to anything inappropriate or, or untoward. You, you understand that. But uh, it's, it's a love that involves a kind affection. It's a, it's a love that's going to be a gracious love. We'll, we'll come back to that in a moment. Uh, number three we see in verse 10 also. Please get this into your notes. The love that the Lord is calling fellow church members to exercise it's one that is humble uh humble in my notes i wrote humble slash respectful uh both uh you can do it that way also if if you like it, it's it's love that is humble uh and it's a love that it that is respectful one for another next phrase in verse 10 says this in honor read the next three words with me please in honor preferring one another Always putting the other guy first. Um, anybody here love to be first? <laughs> you know, Zach, we, sometimes we, we want to be like in first place, right? We want to be the center of the attention. We want to be the, love, the one that everybody is, is loving. That just feels good, right? Uh, that just feels good. That, that feels right. I, I, I want to be everyone else's number one priority. I want to be the thing, uh, the person that, that you're investing your love in. It feels like we only have a certain amount, so i got to invest it carefully. By the way, how much love do you have that you can invest in each other? How much? Is, is, it, is it limited? Is it like... It's intense, Gary, and probably pretty costly. So it probably comes in a little bottle. You could use it up pretty easily, right? It's not like that, is it? If it's of the Lord, it's infinite and unlimited. You ever think about that? Man, I've only got so much love to show. And if I show it all to Brother Ed because he's so lovable, what's left for Brother Richard? Ed took it all selfishly it's not like that whatever the lord is i mean he's infinite there's no limit go back to the just consider again the fruits there's no limit to the love to the fruit you know you you picture a tree that has some apples on it you think well okay, uh, I'll pick off a certain amount of fruit that I'm going to exercise on one person, two, pretty soon the fruit are gone. Well, this fruit is not that way. Amen? It's not that way. 
Brother, I picture it like this. I'm looking at a tree out here. I reach up to that tree for the fruit that I need today. Boom, it's there. All I have to do is take it. Amen? It's there. As much as I harvest off of that tree, there's still more. Because it's the Lord providing, and there's no limit to his provision. That sound right? Amen? Yeah. In honor of preferring one another, uh, putting others ahead of myself. Brother Ray, make, again, making it more my agenda to love you than to make it my agenda to be loved by you. By the way, if everybody's doing that, we're all going to be fine. Amen? If everybody's doing that, we'll all be fine. Um, look back at, no, uh, write down this cross-reference, please. Philippians 2 and verse 3. Let nothing be done, it's Philippians 2 and 3. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, uh, let each esteem other better than themselves. Lord, help me to put everybody else ahead of myself. Lord, help me to do that. Um, Rich, when Christ went to the cross, is that not exactly what he did? He put everybody else ahead of himself. Could he have saved himself from the cross? Yeah, amen. Absolutely, there's no question about it. He, we know that he could have. Instead, he chose to put everyone else who has ever lived and whoever will live ahead of himself. You ever thought about that? He put everyone else ahead of himself. Lord, help us to love like that. I don't have to put the whole world ahead of myself, maybe, Brother Art, but the Lord is calling me to put my fellow church members ahead of myself in honor of preferring the other guy making it my priority to demonstrate love to you rather than to get love from you. Lord, help us. Verse 11 is interesting because you look at it, Brother Ray, and you kind of wonder, um, how does it fit the context? You're, you're studying through a passage and you get to a verse and it just initially seems to come out of left field a little bit. And you wonder, how in the world does that verse fit there? But you know the Holy Spirit put it right there for a reason, right? You know that. And so you, you stop, you kind of pull back and you, and you read and you pray and you chew on it. Um, and you say, sure enough, that, that makes perfect sense. Look at verse 11, please. Not slothful word literally has the idea of slow, not slothful in business, uh, but rather fervent, boiling over in spirit, serving the Lord. Uh, why is that there? Why is that there? Not slothful, lazy, slow in business. Uh, not slothful in the things that God has called us to. Uh, exercising our spiritual gift uh, in and through a ministry, in the assembly into which the Lord has placed me, with the right amount of love, <laughs> this godly love mixed into the equation so that we can cooperate together, each exercising his gift like the organs of one body. Uh, yeah, I think... Um, 
this verse is highlighting the idea that the love that we're called to exercise one to another, it's a responsible one. Would, would, you, would you get that down, please? Number four, it, it's, it's responsible. It's not, it's not careless. It's not uh, lazy. Um, we, we are called to not be slothful uh, in, our, in our relationships one with us. Certainly not to be slothful in exercising the spiritual gift that God gave us. Uh, by the way, is, is there a tendency to not want to exercise the spiritual gift that God gave you? Uh, I think we, we said that on Sunday night. And you look at some of the gifts and like, like teaching, Paul writes, hey, if teaching is your gift, teach. Why does the Lord have to say that? Well, evidently, there's a tendency, at least among people who have some of the gifts, to be lazy uh, or to, to not exercise the gift for, for some reason, to not be a good steward of that gift, to be lazy, to be slothful, not using uh, the gift. Um, think about this for a second. If you have... Well, not if, you do have a spiritual gift and you have been placed into this assembly and now you're called to exercise that gift here. If you're not here or not exercising your gift, is that loving or unloving? Church, if you're not here or not exercising your spiritual gift, are the organs of your body dependent on each other? Are they? Is, is the, are the kidneys dependent on the heart? Yeah. Are, are all the organs dependent on the brain? Or there, there's an interdependency, right? Just like the spiritual gifts in a church. Brother Ray, if, if the heart's not here, or the heart's here but it's not pumping, that's not very loving. <laughs> That's not very loving. Um, it's irresponsible. Lord, help us to recognize that with the privilege of being saved, uh, with the privilege of having received a spiritual gift, with the privilege of being placed into one of your assemblies and, and given a place to learn and to grow and to serve, uh, and to exercise that gift comes the responsibility to do that. And when we don't, it's irresponsible to the Lord, which is unloving because it's disobedient. It's irresponsible in our, to each other, and it's unloving because we are dependent on each other's gifts to accomplish the greater purposes that the Lord has given us, the Great Commission. Lord, help us recognize that there's there's a dependency upon each other that you have designed into churches i gotta be there i've got to be present and i've got to be willing to exercise my gift and i've got to be willing to uh, to do that loving preferring uh, others before me uh, sincerely uh, affectionately sincerely not being slothful but serving with a fervent spirit. Fervent has the idea of, of heat or boiling over. Not, not being, oh, I just kind of float in and, you know, I'm here for the service. Maybe I get there, maybe I don't, and then I'm gone. 
No, there needs to be a fervor and an intention and a, a desire to, to take up what God has given us and to serve uh, and, and to serve cooperatively, uh, forming relationships and exercising love and cooperating to accomplish God's purposes uh, just exactly uh, as he desires. Have you seen the sloth over at the Trumbull Mall? You seen that guy? What's that place called? What's it called? Sequest. We'll give them free promotion now. I, I thought Sequest would be awesome. It's, it's, well, it's a little bit less than that. Um, if you're walking around the mall, have you seen the sloth in the window there at Sequest? I saw the parrot. You saw the, the parrot, but not the sloth. I'll bet you saw the sloth, and you didn't even know it, because... He just sits up in that tree like this. We were walking in the mall the other day, and Chris said, do you see the sloth? No. Because he looks, he looks like a tree branch. <laughs> it was a disappointment. It was a disappointment. <laughs> and we came around on another lap and another lap, and um, at one point he had moved. And I, Brother Garcia, I marveled at that. The sloth had moved. But he, he was hanging down kind of backwards. Was it a food dish that his head was in? It was all he could do to get himself there. He's just hanging down backwards, and uh, his head was in his, I think it was his food dish. Brother Ray, that's all he could do. Lord, help us to not be that. <laughs> Lord, help us. Help us to not be slothful but to be diligent, fervent, responsible. Knowing my gift, knowing how I can use it in and through my church, and understanding that choosing to not do that is unloving to the Lord and, and to each other. Choosing to be diligent in discovering my gift, discerning it, and finding a place to use it is loving to the Lord and to each other. It's the responsible thing. Lord, help us. Lord, help us. Look at verse 12, please. I'm going to combine two ideas here, if, if you'll permit that. Verse 12, rejoicing in hope, uh, patient in tribulation. Uh, the Lord has called us uh, to exercise a love toward one another, uh, rejoicing in hope and, and patient uh, in tribulation. Uh, have you noticed, church, that sometimes... Uh, we just need to be patient with each other. Have you noticed that? Have you noticed that's not always easy? Have you noticed the pastor's not always patient? <laughs> you pray for your pastor, right? Church, please. Pray that your pastor can be as patient as he should be. Please. I'm very serious when I say that. Pray for your pastor. I know you do. Pray that I can be as patient as I should be. Patience is not natural. You know that, right? Brother Ed, are you, are you always as patient as you should be? <sighs> Praise God. See how lovable he is? It's not natural. It's supernatural. And we can be patient because the Lord. How patient is the Lord, by the way? If you stop to think about how patient he is, 
it's, and he is, it, it's a supernatural thing. I can demonstrate love to fellow church members, to people who try my patience. I'm not thinking of anyone. <laughs> we can be loving to people who try our patience. Again, because it's a gracious love that we're called to. We can be patient because the Lord enables us to be patient. Pastor, not me. I can't be patient. Zach, what should someone do who would say, not me, I can't be patient? Yeah. Yeah. Lord, I confess, you've called me to be patient with my church family, but I have not been. I confess, I agree with you. I'll repent of that. Lord, help me to put off impatience and to put on a, a loving patience, a patient love as I yield to you. All of this points to the need for a whole lot of prayer, right? We should take that as number six. We'll go just a little bit further. All of this points to the need for a whole lot of prayer. Well, you realize the... <laughs> The, the purity and, and supernatural nature of the love that we're called to recognize, to, to, to express toward one another, a sincere love, an affectionate love, a humble love, responsible love, a joyful love, a patient love. You very quickly realize that's, that's beyond me, Brother Art. I don't have that. Apart from the Lord who is in me, I, I understand I'm going to need to Pray and pray and pray. Lord, help me to exercise a, a genuine love that is of you, not of me. One that is affectionate. One that puts other people before me. Understanding this is the responsible thing to do and to not do this is irresponsible. And, and Lord, to do it with joy and, and with patience. God, I, this is not, it's not of me. It's going to have to be of you as I pray. Next part of verse 12 says, continuing instant in what? Prayer. By the time you get to that point in this passage, you recognize, you recognize the need for prayer. Continuing instant. Uh, continuing, I-N-G, not not praying one day and then forgetting I, I don't need to pray uh, for help to love my church family the way I prayed yesterday or I prayed last week or I prayed last month one and done, did it, done don't need to pray anymore, no it's continuing uh, I-N-G uh, and instant as I become convicted that I'm not loving the way I should or I haven't demonstrated the kind of love that I should, uh, prayer. Aren't you glad for the Holy Spirit's conviction? Are you? Me too. Hey, pastor, you didn't love that person the way you should have. You were unloving. You were impatient. Ugh. Yes, Lord. I agree. Help me, please. Help me be yielded to you. you. You, please, bring forth that fruit. And then 
you open the door for me to demonstrate that love to that person with whom I was impatient or, or whatever. Yes, Lord. Have you noticed how much Paul prayed for the church members to whom he wrote? Have you noticed that? Could we go on a real quick tour before we close, then we'll close? Is that okay? We turn to Romans 1, Romans 1, just flip back to Romans 1. Very quickly, it won't take you on a quick tour. Romans 1. Everybody going there? Flip those pages, church. Flip, 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 Romans 1. Romans 1, 8. What's the first word of Romans 1, 8, church? First. First. He says, first, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for who? You all. He prayed for all of them. You all. Plural pronoun emphasized with the all. Didn't need the all, but all, all y'all. That's the grammar. I thank my God through Jesus Christ for y'all. He prayed for them all. The theme that he revisits is, is his gratitude for them. Do you think they were always perfect in their dealings with him? We know they weren't. Do, do you think that they were always perfectly gracious toward Paul and always perfectly loving toward him? You know they weren't because they're human beings like us. They were, must have been impatient. They probably got offended at times by his preaching and by the content of his letters when it stepped on their toes. They probably acted unloving. Uh, some of them probably acted in an unloving manner sometimes as they, as they reacted. Uh, and yet he prayed for them. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all. Flip ahead real flash, fast, please, to 1 Corinthians 1. Uh, 1 Corinthians 1 and, and verse 4. Uh, Acts, Romans, 1 Corinthians. This is the next book. 1 Corinthians 1 uh, and verse 4. He says, I thank. There's that gratitude again. For sure, they didn't deserve him to be praying. For, for sure, they were bad to him. So we know this. Uh, he says, I thank my God. What's the next word, church? The A word there? Always, no matter what. Whether they were being good, whether they were being bad, whether they were being lovable, whether they were being terrible. I thank my God always on your behalf. Your is how many of them, by the way? It's all of them grammatically, right? It's all of them. I thank my God always, all the time for all of you, no matter what, for the grace which is given you by Jesus Christ. He's praying for them all the time, all of them all the time. And he tells them. Why is he telling them that? Why do you suppose he's telling them that? Gary, why is he telling them that? He wants to encourage them, right? I'm praying for you. You're not perfect people. I'm praying for you. Sure, you, you. Also, he wants to encourage them to pray for each other and for him too, no doubt. Philippians 1 and verse 3, please. Philippians 1 and verse 3. Uh, I think I'm going in order with all of these. That's, that's my intention. So you just keep flipping forward, okay? Philippians 1 and verse 3. Are you there? Are you there? Someone flip ahead. Did you prophetically know where we were going? Philippians 1 and verse 3, 
uh, Paul says to the church members at Philippi, he says, I thank my God upon, read the next four words with me, please, every remembrance of you. Y'all, he's praying for them. Wonderfully grateful prayers all the time. Colossians 1 and verse 3, please. Colossians 1, just flip ahead. Uh, flip Colossians 1 and verse 3. Are you there? Are you there? We give what? Thanks to God and to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Read the, the next four words with me, please. Praying always for you. He's praying for them all the time. All the time. Prayer. Prayer. I'm going to read the next one. First Thessalonians 1 and verse 2. First Thessalonians 1 2. We give thanks to God always for you all, making mention of you in our prayers. Pray, pray, pray. Second Thessalonians 1 3. We're bound to thank God always for you, brethren. Uh, second um, Philemon 4. I thank my God, making mention of thee always in my prayers. Um, Paul prayed for church members always, all of them, all the time. Rich, I need to pray that um, I can be loving. That's my first prayer. Lord, help me to demonstrate love. Help me to be yielded to you. You bring forth that love that is of God in my life that I might demonstrate it to others. That's, that's my first prayer. But my next prayer is, Lord, thank you for my church family. Meet their needs. Lord, help my brothers and sisters to demonstrate love to one another. Lord, help me to put them first before myself. Lord, help them to love with the love that is all the things that you've called them to exercise. We'll come back to this, but in verse 13, he calls the church family to exercise a love that is generous. In verse 14, a love that is gracious. In verse 15, a love that is compassionate. Verse 16, uh, one that seeks unity. In verse, second part of verse 16, uh, one that does not discriminate. One that is not vengeful. Getting anywhere near this kind of love is going to take some prayer. Imagine, Rich, how thankful the Lord is to hear prayers like that. Listen, if, if we will pray, Lord, help me to be yielded to you, and Lord, as I do, you bring forth this fruit in my life. Brother Art, things can be really healthy if we'll do that, right? And if we'll go to that next step and say, Lord, thank you for my brothers and sisters in Christ. Help them to love each other the way I'm asking you to help me love them. I think a church can be pretty healthy. Amen? Will you, will you say, yeah, I'll... I'll make that a part of my regular prayer life. I'm going to pray, Lord, help me to love the way you've called me to uh, in this chapter. Brother, this is not the only chapter where love is the theme, right? 
you make that part of your regular prayer life and, and also pray, we also say, yes, I'll, I'll make it a, a regular part of my prayer life to pray for each other that my church family will all love the way you've called us to, Lord, knowing that we don't get serious and stay serious about this. Our church cannot be as healthy. It can't be as united. It cannot function and achieve the things that God has called us to do. Let's pray. Father, thank you, Lord, for this passage. So important. Lord, it's so important. Lord, you've loved us, Father, with a love that is unfathomable. Lord, you've called us to love each other with a love that is unfathomable. We know that we cannot apart from you. But Lord, I understand this morning that you are in us, indwelling us, enabling us. Lord, thank you. Lord, when we're tempted to be impatient, unloving, not caring, Give us hearts to confess that. Lord, if we're convicted this morning, I've not been the kind of loving that I should be. Lord, give us hearts to quickly confess that, simply to agree with you, and to turn to you saying, Lord, I I need you to enable me to love the way I should. Lord, help me yield to you this morning. Bring forth that fruit of love in my life. Knowing, Lord, this is your desire, this is what pleases you, but this is absolutely critical for our church, for any church. Lord, help me. Give you a moment to pray. Lord, I pray this morning that even before we leave here today, you give us hearts to demonstrate a bit of love to one another, a bit of encouragement, whatever you may lay upon our hearts. Lord, help us to take up a daily desire to yield to you and say, Lord, who can I demonstrate love to today in our church family? Lord, lay someone upon my heart, lay some opportunity before me. Lord, if my heart has been wrong, help me to take on a patience and grace that is from you. That this assembly would be as healthy as you desire it to be for your honor and your glory. Father, I love you this morning. Help me to love you better. Lord, help me to love my church family the way you would have me to. Help us to love each other indeed the way you would have us to for your honor and for your glory. Lord, thank you that we can because of you. Father, I love you. I thank you. I pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Don't love each other today? All right.
Uh, tonight at 6, Lord willing, Josh Young will be here. Come on out. Be encouraged. Encourage him. I think his wife will be with him also, Holly. Um, pray for them this afternoon. Zach, you pray for them as you close, if you would, please. All right. Thank you for being here this morning. God bless. All right, let's stand one last time as we turn to 573. Standing as we turn to 573, we'll sing Onward Christian Soldiers, the first and the last verse. <clears throat> Onward Christian Soldiers, Marching as to war With the cross of Jesus Going on before Christ the royal master Leads against the foe Forward into battle See his banner go Onward Christian soldiers Marching as to war With the cross of Jesus Going on before and the last Onward then ye people Join our happy throng Blend with ours your voices In the triumph song Glory, Lord, and honor Unto Christ the King, this through countless ages, man and angels sing. Onward, Christian soldiers, marching as to war, with the cross of Jesus going on before. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for message on love that we've heard, Lord. I pray that it wouldn't just be a message we hear, but I pray you would help us to apply it um, every time we're here, Lord. And we do pray for Josh and Holly. Give them safety here. I pray that uh, you'd help Brother Josh as he preaches. May we come attentive this evening and be uh, in your will this evening. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.